Welcome to the Food Therapy Podcast, where we talk honestly and openly about mental health, diet culture, BS, and food freedom. We're your co-hosts. I'm Brittany Modell, owner of Brittany Modell Nutrition and Wellness. And I'm Lauren Sharp, owner of Empower Method Nutrition. We are food freedom registered dietitians who have struggled with mental health, poor body image, and disordered eating behaviors. We are on a mission to dismantle diet culture, normalize conversations around mental health, and empower you as you heal your relationship with food and your body. Let's get talking. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Food Therapy Podcast. Today, Lauren and I are going to talk about alcohol. And I don't know about you, Lauren, but I've been noticing this cultural shift happen. And I'm not sure if it's because I'm on sober TikTok or, you know, I'm reading some of the research about alcohol and the impact it has on health, but I am noticing some sort of shift that has been happening within our culture. And I'm curious if you've felt the same way. Yeah, I feel like, and this is something I want to talk about in the episode too, is that I think there's definitely a shift in the culture, but also we want to be careful of like the wellness obsession behind potentially not drinking alcohol. Um, Because I do feel like I I see things on TikTok where it's like glamorized, like, oh, I don't drink anything and I'm so healthy and I have my green juice every single day and I don't eat sugar. You know what I mean? So, and I know this is something you talked about too, because you were like, it's not that I'm completely sober. I'm never going to have a drink again, but because you've struggled with that black or white mentality before. But yeah, like I'm even seeing things that are like non-alcoholic bars are coming up where in the past it would be like, that would never do well, you know? Um, oh, never. Yeah. And it, it, it is a little interesting though. Cause I'm like, is this kind of going along with hustle culture? Like not alcohol in general, like, yeah, not great for us. However, is it going along with hustle culture of like, well, I don't want to be hung over the next day, which like nobody does, but because I need to be productive and I need to do all of these things, you know? So it's kind of like, what's that happy medium? I found that as I've kind of been exploring drinking less, I'm like, it's really interesting the finding that balance too. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily think, you know, it's interesting, like the wellness and hustle culture piece to it. The way that I'm kind of viewing alcohol is we're first realizing how not good it is for our health. Like I'm not even talking like wellness wise, because I think, you know, the wellness culture is a whole other sector of, you know, diet culture that's kind of acting like it's its own entity. But there has just been a lot of research coming out around alcohol. And what I think is so interesting is that we've been conditioned to think that alcohol is like heart healthy and it's really good for all of these health benefits. And I view the alcohol industry pretty similar to the diet industry and also the cigarette tobacco industry. And I truly think that in the next 20 to 30 years, we're going to see some type of um, you know, path for alcohol, similar to what we saw with cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe that. I think that, you know, it's become so common. Kids binge drinking in high school and college parties. Everyone has alcohol at an event. It's actually, you know, people feel weird or they feel 
slightly other when they're not drinking. And at the same time, like I'm noticing that people, A, don't feel good after they drink. They feel hungover. They Mm -hmm. feel exhausted and tired and anxious. And, you know, again, I'm speaking for myself. Like I really don't like how I feel when I drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. That being said, I'm not sober and I I have no intention of cutting alcohol out because I don't think that serves me either, but I'm viewing it much more as a drug than this like substance that I casually drink. Like I literally say like, okay, I'm like doing a drug tonight because that is technically what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. And it's been interesting too, as I've kind of explored it myself, the things that come up when you are drinking less, like I found myself when I didn't drink for a whole weekend, I was like, and I was at places where my friends were drinking. I was like, this is really interesting. Like I actually woke up just as anxious, but about different things because I was feeling like, okay, I just, I totally shut my brain off when I drink alcohol what am I masking here? But when my brain's not shutting off, quote unquote, which isn't a it's not a healthy coping behavior, but there's other anxieties kind of come up where I'm like, oh, I need to get this done. I need to get this done. And with my like kind of obsessive personality and not taking um, the quote unquote time off, which ends up just needing to be something else other than alcohol, right? To get my brain into a space where I'm not constantly thinking about my to-do list, but it's been interesting to see anxiety kind of come up in other ways um, when reducing or getting rid of alcohol. Yeah. I mean, that is really interesting. I personally feel so much better when I don't drink the day after. And there is this sense of like, okay, like I feel more active. I want to get out. I'm not, it's so strange too, because even I think there are tiers of like anxiety, um, like different levels, because when I drink heavily or or drink a lot for what I consider to be a lot for me, I feel like very anxious, but Mm -hmm. even like a tequila or a glass of wine, there's like this really mild, low hanging anxiety that I notice next day. So it definitely depends on the amount at which I'm drinking, but it's, it's just really interesting. And I, you know, I'm curious where this is heading. And I think other countries have been much more intentional and deliberate with the messaging around alcohol not being safe. Um, You know, I actually, I wrote it down that the Canadian Center of Substance Use and Addiction said that the safest amount of alcohol is to drink none. So that's according to the new guidance. The older guidance was, I think, like no more than like 10 drinks a week. Mm -hmm. But I think we're coming around to the fact that like, there is pretty substantial research you know, that shows that it's, it creates like cognitive decline. So if you have a family history of like Alzheimer's disease or dementia, it, you know, it negatively impacts cardiovascular disease. It's also linked to seven different types of cancer. And I'm not saying this to be alarmist because the truth is like, there are many things that can lead to all of those ailments, including genetics, Mm -hmm. but it's just interesting the way, you know, our, culture, our society perceives alcohol as like this must have, mm-hmm. must be present right? versus a toxin or a drug, which it is. 
Right. Yeah. And the, the culture around it of Brittany and I both, I didn't finish it yet, but we were reading Quit Like a Woman and she talks about how it's like mommy juice. When mommy's stressed, she needs to have her mommy juice, aka wine. And it's interesting, similar to your relationship with food and your body, right? When we're, when we're say, for example, wanting to go on a weight loss journey, um, something that we do in both of our practices is like, okay, well, what are you really seeking? And a lot of the time it's acceptance and belonging based on your body size. Same thing with alcohol. If you're in a situation where you intuitively are really just like, I do not want to drink. Um, but you're either uncomfortable or you're around people you're not comfortable with all the things, um, you might, results to drinking and it's out of a place of what are you actually desiring belonging, right? So it's interesting with that too, because we don't think of it that way. We think of it as like, oh, we just drink at social events. But when you actually think about the root of it, yeah. Yes. And also the targeting of like young women and women, you know, the mommy juice, even when I was shopping for items for my bachelorette, I could not find like, or let me, let me go back. Almost everything that I came across for my bachelorette was related to alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't want the weekend to be about alcohol. It wasn't, I, I had my bachelorette in, um, not Charleston, in Savannah, Georgia. It was, you know, a really active weekend, lots of hang time, but it was definitely not centered around alcohol. And yet everything I came across, alcohol, 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 like maid of honor, bridesmaids, alcohol. And it's just so interesting that it's become so ingrained in the culture, mm-hmm. um, similar to dieting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just the norm. And it's really challenging too, I think, when you know, you want to, you want to challenge why you're drinking. And I mean, any, you know, significant change in life is, is difficult and it's going to make you kind of explore some, some self-discovery and awareness, but yeah. What has been helpful for you as you've like, do you feel like this has been a relatively easy process for you versus more challenging? Cause I think there's definitely two separate some people are like, Oh my God, I don't, I'm so good without alcohol. And other people are like, no, like every single person is always drinking around me and I feel really uncomfortable. What has it been like for you? So I definitely am at a different like stage of life where my social life is not revolved around alcohol. Right. So I'm not going to pregames. I'm not going to bars and clubs the way that I used to when I was younger. So in that sense, it has been relatively easy. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, again, I am not calling myself sober. I'm not not drinking because I still do enjoy alcohol. Like I still do enjoy wine and, you know, having a cocktail when I'm on a date with my fiance, but I'm viewing it very differently. So I'm being much more intentional. And I know that we did an episode a while back, like, can you intuitively drink alcohol? And we talked about like our journeys around alcohol. But even since that episode, I think my relationship to alcohol has very much evolved. I was still drinking more than I wanted to then. And now I've really taken a step back and I'm being extremely intentional and deliberate and asking myself, you know, are you okay with feeling anxious tomorrow and, you know, not having an active day? And sometimes the answer is, 
yeah, like it's not ideal, but Jeremy and I went to an amazing restaurant for my birthday and we did a wine pairing with the meal and it, it enhanced the experience. Mm -hmm. I did not feel great the next day at all, but I'm willing to kind of accept it at times. Right. But it's also interesting because like, you know, obviously my wedding's in May and I'm already thinking like, do I want to drink at my wedding? Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely not going to drink the Friday night before Yeah, we're having, you know, a big get together beforehand. And I, I already made the decision because for me, like I don't want to increase anxiety the next day. And I also want to get a good night's sleep. One of my, I'm sure I'll be like on ton of adrenaline mm-hmm. as it is. Saturday night for the wedding, you know, I haven't decided yet. And maybe I'll decide closer to, I think what I'm struggling with is I want to be really present. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to feel drunk. I don't even want to feel tipsy because I want to be able to take in every single moment mm-hmm. of the evening. And my fear is that I won't remember certain things or I won't be as present. I'll, it will just fly by. Yeah. So that's, that's something interesting that I've been thinking about a lot too. Yeah. I literally have thought about that ever since I started drinking alcohol is like, I would always be like, how are people drinking this much the day before their wedding? I would be so anxious. They're like, oh yeah, we were out partying last night. I'm like, yeah, that's getting married today. How are you okay right now? Like crazy. But I feel, I mean, I totally agree with you. I think that, you know, it's, it's interesting how people go about their wedding day with alcohol and the rehearsal dinner or welcome party or whatever you do. But yeah, to be able to remember that moment and not from a sense of like, oh, we're going to get blacked out. But even just like you were saying, the intentionality of really being present in the moment without having to have alcohol. Yeah. And that's really important to me. Like I want to remember as much as I possibly can. I think the way that weddings are described is like, it it goes by so quickly. Like Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, like you're getting ready in the morning and before you know it, like it's over. Yeah. So I really want to be able to enjoy everything. And, you know, again, I haven't decided, like maybe it's a matter of waiting until later on, like at the after party or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, but I'm still keeping a flexible mindset around alcohol, because again, I don't think it has been helpful for me to be so black and white in decisions. Maybe at some point down the line, I'll feel differently. But for now, like, again, just thinking, do I want to drink? Is this going to really enhance the experience? Or could I do without alcohol tonight? And a lot of the times I'm choosing to go without it. And it feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. I've been definitely, I feel like I'm like five steps behind you because I'm more so now just kind of exploring what does it feel like when I don't drink. Um, and it's definitely interesting when I catch myself being like, why am I having this drink right now? This is not enhancing my life right here and right now. Um, even like we had, um, the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl, and that was this past Sunday. And I was just sitting there and I'm like, why do I feel the need? Like I'm at my friend's house, I'm having fun. Like, and there's also an extent to it where, you know, it's like, is, is one drink going to, again, like enhance my life and my experience that much, or is it going to have to be five drinks? And then at that point, it's like, 
well, it's not even worth it because I'm just going to feel horrible. And the, the temporary feeling is fleeting. Right. Um, I was even like talking to Austin about this with his, um, with nicotine, he uh, has been working on, you know, I mean, the vape industry is a whole nother fucking thing. My God. And that's been sexified, right? Because it's like, oh, you don't just smell like gross cigarettes anymore. You have this perfect little pretty pen that comes in different different colors. Yeah. And different flavors. And I was saying to him, I was like, it's so interesting. Like, it's really hard to think about your tomorrow self in the present moment, especially as somebody who is always like, I'm always trying to live in the present moment, but you can certainly do that without substances but it's crazy the industry component of all of it is so fascinating to me and that's something that i was doing in january too and i'm going to continue to do but um if you're kind of in the same place as me where i'm 26 and a lot of my social gatherings are surrounded around alcohol so which i fully take ownership that i'm capable of shifting that but something that's just given me a little bit more comfort is having some sort of something to have in my hand, like while I'm there. So whether it's like at home, I've been getting spin drifts and I'll like pour it in a wine glass. And that's like still really fun for me. Um, or kombucha, or I ordered kin euphorics, which I really liked Mm -hmm. those. Some of them have a little bit of caffeine in them. So that's sometimes fun if you're actually like, you know, having a game night or you're up and at them. So those are all things that have been helpful with kind of the stage that I'm at. Yeah. And I think that college stage, the post-college stage, when I was 26, like we were going out a ton. And I think like you're even at a different phase than I was because you're engaged. Like it's, it's very different, but it's also interesting with like the dating culture. You know, I speak with my sister and she's like, I like don't want to have to drink. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's people find it like strange if you go on a date and you order a seltzer. Yeah. So that's a whole other component to it too. It's like, how do you feel comfortable enough to be like, you know what? Like I, I don't want to drink tonight. Like I'm not going to force it to make somebody else feel comfortable. And that's typically what happens is totally. it's the it's almost like with food, right? It's like if somebody feels uncomfortable that you're declining something, even though you just genuinely don't want it, it makes them think, well, why are they not eating it? Like, should I not eat it? Mm -hmm. I think the same goes with alcohol. If you say like, I'm not drinking tonight, it makes people feel like a little insecure. Like, oh, like, should I not be drinking? Like, is this like, why are they not drinking? So it's interesting to see the community aspect of it because I noticed that even when, you know, there's one person that's not drinking, I feel better. I'm going on a bachelorette in two weeks and, you know, it's, we're going to, I won't say it, but we're, we're going somewhere for a bachelorette. It's going to be really fun. I feel like happy and relieved that somebody is going who's pregnant because it almost, it helps my own anxiety because I always think like, God forbid, if everyone's like so drunk and I have to get to the hospital or something happens, yeah. no one can drive me. Knowing mm-hmm. somebody is sober, it actually helps to alleviate my own anxiety cool. So that's also an interesting thing too, which is, you know, how much better people feel when there are other people who aren't drinking and what that does for their own confidence to make the decisions to not drink that night. I have the exact same thing and fear. And this was something that I struggled with a lot in college is that like, I was always anxious. I didn't really drink much at all in college. And I hated going to parties because I was like, I feel really in control and everyone feels very out of control. And this is like, 
what if something happens to me? There's nobody that's going to care because yes. they're all going to be blacked out. Yes. So, and they can't do anything. Yeah. That, that was often a fear of mine in college. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody wasn't drinking for whatever reason at night, I always just felt like safer and yeah. better. So that's, mm-hmm. that's also interesting, but I've noticed that, you know, when you aren't drinking and everyone else is, it can be annoying because mm-hmm. I, you know, people act a certain way when they're drunk yeah. and they're like loud. And especially because I have ADHD, I'm really mm-hmm. sensitive to noise. And mm-hmm. so that can be really difficult. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I think it's still important to draw boundaries and really ask, like, am I drinking for myself right now? Or am I drinking for other people? Yep. You know, similar to eating, like, am I eating this for myself right now? Or am I eating to please other people? And it's important to get clear on the why. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the eating comparison is really interesting too. And it goes the other way as well, right? Where if you're like, I want a cookie and you eat the cookie and somebody else declines and then you're judging yourself yes. for it. Yes. Right. But with drinking, it's really interesting because so many times, you know, I've been in situations where people are like, oh, come on, why aren't you drinking? And it's like, this is your own shit. This has nothing to do with me. Like you are starting to question your relationship with alcohol and you don't want to be alone in getting drunk. And it's... And there can be significant pressure. I think, again, as you get older, people can't drink the same way. Like my friends who have kids, like they're not able to drink the same way because their babies are waking up like five o'clock in the morning the next day. Like they're not like letting them sleep in just because Mm -hmm. they had a few booze. Right. But it is interesting, the pressure that we all experience and whether it's at a wedding or it's at a frat party or you're at dinner and you're with another couple and you're the only person not drinking, it's become this thing where, you know, especially at my age, if somebody is married and they're not drinking and you're, you know, you identify as female or whatnot, people assume you're pregnant. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, like she must be pregnant. Why else would she be declining? Or you have a problem. Or there's a problem. So that's, so yeah, I, I think even the whole idea around sobriety has really changed in my head because I don't want to say I judge people who are sober, but I definitely was like, oh, that's so interesting mm-hmm. that they feel like they can't control themselves around alcohol or they feel like they can't stop. Yep. And of course, like we know alcohol is quite addictive, but I think more and more people are just recognizing like, I don't love how I act on alcohol, like drinking. I don't love how I feel. And I'm just going to take a step back. So I think because so many people have been identifying more as sober, or at least not partaking in this alcoholic culture as much, it's opening the doors for other people to feel more comfortable to not drink and to bring kin or spin drift or whatnot to parties. Yep. And it's also been interesting in like how a lot of people do dry January. It's almost like the more that I was like talking about it with friends and whatnot, the more that we all realize we're on the same page and nobody wants to speak up about it. Like so many people are like, yeah, I feel like dry January was like my like excuse. I have something to say. So it's not like, oh, she must be a drunk. Something wrong with her. It's like, oh no, I'm just trying out dry January. Um, Versus just like, if you say, oh, I'm not drinking night, people are like, why are you, are you okay? What's Yeah. I'm just not drinking. Like, why does it have to be a whole thing? Which also 
there's some pretty good mocktails. I've, I've during, um, January, I got like, I was worried about like going out to dinner and whatnot because not worried, but I was like, this is no fun. Like I want something fun right. at dinner. I'm not going to ask for like a seltzer and a wine glass. Is that weird? And then, um, there was many mocktails that I got that were very, yes. I love doing like my go-to mocktail tends to be like seltzer, mm-hmm. fresh squeeze, grapefruit juice, fresh mint. It's delicious. Yes. I, I was speaking to one of my guy friends yesterday who doesn't, he's never really like, like to drink and it's not a control thing. He just mm-hmm. genuinely doesn't like it. And he was like, said to me, I hope that I'm on antibiotics for your wedding. So people leave me alone when I'm not drinking. <laughs> and really? I think it goes back to, again, just even if you want to pretend, like if you don't feel like telling someone that you're not drinking, you can just hold something else, hold a yeah. glass of something. No one knows, right. especially if they're all, you know, getting after it. It's yeah. getting hard. after it. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. if you're thinking about your relationship with alcohol, we get it. We are exploring, always exploring. Yes, definitely exploring and not judging. And I think that's mm-hmm. the most important thing. You know, when I speak to the health aspect of alcohol, I think it's important to acknowledge that, you know, there are some real research that's happening right now about the the cons of alcohol and, and the health challenges that come with it. And at the same time, I truly believe that we are all individual people and we all have full autonomy over how we want to live our lives. And if we want to drink, if we don't want to drink, you know, if people just, whatever people decide to do, mm-hmm. that's within your right. I think having facts is empowering. And then you get to make the decision of what feels best for you. And only you will know the answer. Yep. So, you know, we hope this episode was helpful. Again, we're still exploring this and who knows, maybe we'll come out with another episode in another three to six months with different opinions. But this is where, you know, Lauren and I are at right now in our alcohol journey. Yeah. Hope this was helpful and feel free to leave us a review or subscribe or do something fun for us. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Food Therapy. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to support our podcast, please subscribe, hit download, and share it with your community. We value your feedback. If you feel inspired, please leave a review. Let us know what you've learned and what you would like to hear next. All information about this episode will be linked in our show notes. New episodes of Food Therapy come out every Sunday, but you can stay connected with Food Therapy all week long by following us on Instagram at foodtherapypod. As a disclaimer, this podcast should not replace therapy or working with a registered dietitian. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.